text for our meditation this evening. The first words of Mary's song, the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. On a recent trip to see some friends, I was reminded of my grandmother. Well, I had two grandmothers, but one passed away before I was born. The grandmother that, in a sense, helped raise me. My kids knew her as Grandma Cooch. Kuchara. Full-blooded Bohemian. A big, full-blooded Bohemian woman. She rarely smiled, but when she gave you a hug, you knew it was from the bottom of her heart. Her family left Nebraska early on to look for better times in Texas. And then most of the family, but not all, survived the Galveston hurricane of 1900. Came back to Nebraska, scratched out a living on the farm, had a hard time getting pregnant. Finally, had a baby, my mother, and she almost died in the process. She worked hard. She put up with a lot, including an alcoholic husband who spent more than a little time in jail. Grandma Cooch, what was it that reminded me of her? We were sitting in the living room of some friends and I looked over and I noticed by a chair where there were lots of books, there was kind of an antique magnifying glass. Fancy handle, magnifying glass. And I could see almost immediately my grandma sitting in her chair with that funny handled magnifying glass, reading her mail, especially a letter from her sister in Fresno, the magnifying glass, somewhere along the line, the handle broke. And so they had about an eight inch bottle opener that was screwed on to the end of the magnifying glass. You know the kind I'm talking about, the one with the point on one end so you could open up a can and the rounded end on the other so you could pop a cap off a bottle of pop. There she sat with that magnifying glass, almost as big around as her head, reading her letters, reading her mail. Just for an instant, I was back in that living room and I could see her plain as day. Our text for tonight helped prolong that memory of my grandmother. My soul magnifies the Lord. This is what the Virgin Mary sings, right? 
So, is God so small that we need to enlarge him artificially? After all, that's why we would use a magnifying glass today. We're much more sophisticated, aren't we? We use reading glasses. But it's the same thing. Is God so, so inept or impotent that we have to lift him up? Of course not. God is God. King of kings, Lord of lords, above everything and everyone. God only looks down because he's above everything. Everything he has created, there's nothing even on the same par as him. He can't look side to side. He looks down at his creation. He looks down at us. So what is this? magnify thing that Mary is talking about? How can Mary's soul magnify the Lord? To magnify, as we sang in our opening hymn, is to glorify or to give praise to. To magnify, in this context, is to extol God for who He is. And in a sense, God is magnified, magnified in our eyes, magnified in the world's eyes. When people hear his word and believe it. You hear that? God is magnified when people hear his word and believe it. That's what prompted Mary to go for a visit. She had heard from the angel, not only that she would be the mother of God, that the savior of the world would take up residence in her womb, that she who was a virgin would be with child. She also heard that her relative Elizabeth, who was said to be barren, was already in her sixth month of pregnancy. So our text in the gospel reading begins. Mary heard the word of God. She believed the word of God. And she went to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I'm sure, was happy for the visit. But she knew it was so much more than her relative coming to help an old woman out in her pregnancy. How could I be so favored? that the mother of our Lord would come and visit me. There's a visitation going on. And on the surface level, it appears that the visitation, the primary reason why we celebrate this great high festival called the visitation, is Mary visiting Elizabeth. That's part of it. But that is not the primary visit that is going on. Who is visiting Elizabeth and by extension, baby John the Baptist in her womb, leaping for joy? Jesus. Jesus is visiting. Jesus is the one who is visiting Elizabeth and John. My friends, this, this God 
who is above all others, above everything, comes and visits his people. The promise is made from the very beginning, Genesis 3.15, given throughout the prophets and pages of the Old Testament, that God would send a Savior, a mighty king, a suffering servant, God in the flesh, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. These promises are fulfilled in the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, in the womb of Mary, visits Elizabeth. And John leaps for joy. After Elizabeth greets her, hails her, thanks God for the visit, Mary bursts forth in song. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. If there was anyone who had reason to brag and to boast and to magnify herself, it was Mary. Out of all the women alive at that time, God chose her. Who could blame her if she wasn't bursting with pride? Who could blame her if she wasn't magnifying herself? Who could blame her if she was taking selfies and posting them all over social media? But instead, in humble faith, Mary magnifies the Lord. My friends, tonight as we celebrate the visitation, it's a good time to recount and to examine who or what we magnify. What is it that we exalt and give glory to? Is it our wisdom? Is it our personality? Is it our charm and quick wit? Is it our bank account? Is it our job? Is it our political affiliation? All of these things can take on an exaggerated size in our life, almost as if we have that giant magnifying glass making them appear bigger than they are. But just like that warning label on the mirror of your car, things are much closer than they seem. My friends, we spend our lives, our time, our energy, our money, magnifying things and turning them into false gods and false idols. God teaches us, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods in my face.
Luther teaches us that that means we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Soul and spirit like two sides to the same coin. It's who you are. It's your makeup. It's your breath. It's your personality. It's your life. Our spirit and our soul together in our bodies. Magnifies the Lord. Rejoices in God. Soon we'll be celebrating another birthday for our nation. There'll be all kinds of celebrations and rejoicings going on. Freedom is a great gift. But like all good gifts, that freedom can be abused and misused. That freedom or our patriotism itself can become a false god, magnified to the place where it takes over the spot reserved for the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there are times when we do have things in proper perspective, but we rejoice in God only when things are going well. Only when things are going smoothly. Only when I have all the stuff that I want. Oh yes, now I can rejoice in God. But as soon as things take a turn for the worse, as soon as the stock market takes a little bit of a dive, soon as a little fear and panic and pandemic strikes the world, do we still rejoice in God? Do we still magnify the Lord, the creator of heavens and earth, the one who promises you are in my hand and nothing or no one can snatch you out? My friends, we are very, very fickle. We're happy to take the good and quick to blame when things do not turn out quite so good or the way we want. Tonight, as we observe and celebrate the visitation, we are reminded that the primary visitation is not Mary seeing Elizabeth, but it's Jesus, the Savior, God in the flesh visiting his people. Jesus takes on flesh and blood and visits us to be our Savior. Our Savior from what? Our Savior from sin. Our Savior from the sin of idolatry. Our sin of magnifying ourselves or our stuff. Our sin of not rejoicing in the gifts of God and failing to rejoice 
in difficult times because we don't really trust or believe God's word. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus visited this earth. That's why Jesus visited you. And that's exactly what he did. Jesus, who took on flesh and blood. Jesus, who bled and died on Calvary's cross. Jesus, who rose victorious from the grave three days later. Jesus, who physically, bodily ascended into heaven. Jesus visits you in the waters of holy baptism, robing you with the robe of righteousness. Jesus visits you as he speaks words of forgiveness into your ear. Jesus visits you in his holy supper. The very body and blood of Christ given and shed for you and for your salvation. My friends, Christ's Visitation continues until that day when he promises to visit in a very special and unique way. When all of heaven and earth will know Jesus in the flesh makes his appearing. That day, judgment day, the great and awful day of the Lord. A day that we don't have to fear. A day that we can look forward to. A day that we can rejoice in. A day when he delivers us from this evil sin-infested world and takes us to be with him forever in the mansions prepared since the beginning of time. My friends, tonight rejoice. Christ visits you. He doesn't just come by to say hi. He doesn't just stop to use the restroom or the toilet paper. He comes to visit you and bring you life. And life to the full. And as Christ visit you, Mary's song becomes our song. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. May God bless us with that humility and that faith that hears the word of God and believes it. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.